Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Alicia Evans. She's been professionally transforming the relationship between dogs and their humans since 2001. Her philosophy is to harness your dog's energy to unleash their greatest potential and your own. Never feeling right about choking dogs and unsuspecting puppies to train them, Alicia invented the Walk-in-Sync Humane Dog Walking and Training System as the gold standard of training tools in order to end the choking and the pain caused to dogs during traditional training and walking methods. As a former host of the award-winning Grassroots Aspen TV series, The Whole Animal, an Alternative Approach to Animal Care, Alicia takes a natural approach to dog training and health care. Her work has been featured on Fox & Friends, the Sandra Glosser Show, New York One, and in Aspen Magazine, Dogtipper.com, the New York Daily News, and the Wolf Report. And she's been interviewed on numerous radio programs around the country. She's the training expert for Dogtipper.com and Only Natural Pet Store. Alicia believes prevention and proper education about the best training methods and tools will begin to limit the number of dogs given up for adoption due to behavior issues. Her website is dogwalkinsync.com. I'll spell that, D-O-G-W-A-L-K-I-N-S-Y-N-C.com, dogwalkinsync.com. Welcome, Alicia. I'm so glad you're on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me, Val. I'm really excited. This is so much fun. You know, when I saw (laughs) your system and what you have created what you invented uh, i was so inspired because it makes so much sense to me you know when i was uh trying to train my puppy einstein my genius in a dog einstein um <laughs> to walk properly on a leash it was really difficult and you know and i know a lot of i know a lot of tools i have a lot of techniques you know i have things i know and it was really still very hard and i know a lot of my clients struggle with this and a lot of dog people, probably every dog people person on the planet, is struggling with this. And you got the brainstorm to create a train humanely approach to walking, uh, walking your dog. So how did that happen? Well, um, it actually started years ago when I had a chocolate lab named Barney, who probably could have been Marley's brother. <laughs> He just, it, I mean, he was so, he was such a beautiful being, but I had no idea how to motivate him. And, you know, as as we went to trainers, each trainer, as we weren't getting the results that, that we wanted, each trainer kept prompting us to use harsher and harsher training methods. And, you know, finally we had to get to the point where I had to use a shock collar, which devastated me. I used it once and I threw it out because I saw the effect that it had on the dog because it's such an unnatural thing for a dog, obviously, unless they run into, you know, if they're running around in the wild and they run into an electric fence, they would never have that kind of stimulation in their system ever. So I had been reading a Linda Tellington Jones book, 
And one of the things that she had suggested was wrapping the leash around the dog. Now, I'm not sure if I did it the right way, but all I know was that when I took the pressure off of Barney's neck and I took his leash and I wrapped it all the way around him, I'm not kidding you, Val. It was like magic. It was like instantly I got a completely different response out of this dog than having something around his neck. But the only problem was I couldn't walk with the leash wrapped around him because he couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) Oh, it was so silly. So I just, I was like, okay, this is fabulous and really interesting, but how am I going to, how are we going to get anywhere? So... I didn't really know what to do, you know, how to proceed with it at the time, um, but it just kind of was a seed that that sort of planted itself in me that said, wow, you know, yeah. Linda was pointing out that the dog had probably lost the connection of awareness to its entire body. Yeah. And when I did that and I saw Barney collect himself, I could just literally feel it energetically mm-hmm. that all of a sudden this dog was like, oh, this is totally different. Okay, and he's looking at me going, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. So I knew that there was something in that. And then it, and then I hired an animal behaviorist because all the trainers that I had worked with at the time said, don't you dare, you know, treat the dog with treats. You'll be struck down by lightning. God's going to come down and appear before you and tell you what a horrible dog parent you are. <laughs> That's literally, I was so afraid, you know. So I, I found this wonderful woman who was a dog behaviorist, and she she asked me, she goes, you know, have you ever used food with this dog? And I was like, no. Everybody oh. told me I would, you know, be struck by lightning if I did. Number one cardinal sin. Oh, my God. Well, she said, but does it motivate him? I said, motivate him? I said, he'd, like, learn how to drive if you give him treats. I mean, he just is... That's how morbid. And literally, it was like I had a dog with bionic hearing, you know, where he couldn't even hear me before, didn't even care. You had a treat. All of a sudden, this dog was like, "You're number one." What do you want me to do? Want me to do your homework for you? Do you want me to write your, you know, your bills for the month? Do you want me to cook your breakfast? What do you want me to do? And I was like, "Wow, okay." So there's like two huge misconceptions that I had learned about that. All of a sudden, I was like, well, wow, okay, maybe training around the neck isn't the most effective thing for a lot of dogs. And, you know, maybe you can use food to stimulate the motivation to bring the animal back into balance, but you don't necessarily have to keep using food. Right. So years went by, and and I got into Qigong, and I got into communication work with animals, and then I kind of moved out to Colorado after September 11th, and a client of mine had asked if I would train his dog. Mm. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I kind of remembered it from when I had trained Barney, but I wouldn't have called myself a professional dog trainer by any means. But I just sort of said, okay, you know, look, I'm not going to charge him a lot, and I'll see what the dog has to say, and we'll figure out a way to communicate that really works. And it was wonderful because... One thing that I learned from the animal communication work is dogs' strongest form, probably any animal's strongest form, even humans' strongest form of communication, is telepathy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I was like, hmm, you know, what would happen if I used, like, a clear picture in training this dog and gave it a clear picture of what I want as opposed to what I don't? And then all of a sudden, now I'm realizing, okay, here's another thing. Here's another tool I can use to help get these dogs better. If I show the dog what I want and if I tell the person that I'm working with, picture what you want, not what you don't want, all of these things were starting to come together. But the one thing that that I was noticing was with my training, I was like, I still don't like these collars because if the dog doesn't get it right away, anything around its neck, I mean, to me it's so interesting because I just kind of go by common sense more than science. Mm-hmm. So I just sit there and say, well, if I put something around my neck and I'm choking myself, am I going to actually be able to breathe because now I am oxygen deprived? Mm-hmm. Not not breathe, but am I going to be able to think clearly? Yes. Because my breathing is deprived. Yes. So it kept asking, I kept asking the universe the question, you know, what else is possible? Because this part of it, it's not really working for me. And I made a promise to Barney years ago that I would do whatever it took to help make the world better and easier for dogs in training. Mm -hmm. And 
one day somebody recommended a front clip harness to me, and I was sold. I had a, cho- a client's chocolate lab. She was about 11 months old. She literally pulled me out of the car and pulled me to the pet store. I couldn't control I mean, she was so strong. We went in the pet store. In the aisle of the pet store, I put a front clip harness on this dog, and we walked out of there under three minutes. This dog was no longer pulling. Wow. And I went, oh, my God. Okay, all these years later, here's the connection. It's a new connection. Instead of connecting at the neck, if you're connecting at the front of the chest, the dog is going to read the signal differently. And it's, you know, there's a, a law in physics that dictates that the further something goes out on a fulcrum, the more energy you have to use to pull it back. So if I'm behind a dog and the dog's pulling, yeah. I have to use my energy to pull against that dog's throat yes. to get them back to me. Yes. But if I have something clipped at the front and the dog cannot engage their front legs and put their full power into it and they feel that there's a pressure in front of them that they actually have to back off of Mm -hmm. versus a pressure behind from behind them that they feel that they can run away from Mm -hmm. everything started clicking into place wow so i tried a couple of different i had sold hundreds of front clip harnesses to my clients but then i started to realize as a body worker i was like you know what biomechanically these harnesses are actually cutting across the front of the dog's shoulders. Yeah. And where the clip sits, it was sitting underneath their legs, so I had some of my clients were complaining about chafing. Yeah. So then I just, again, went back to spirit, and I said, okay, what else is possible? And within three months, I had the vision for the shape of the walk-and-sync harness, which they showed me, you know, it's kind of like the way a horse harness looks. Yeah. That round, that roundness in the front, and it's kind of like right at the chest plate. Mm-hmm. And I thought, great, where can I find one? Yeah. And I couldn't. Yeah. And so I um, just would sit literally and meditate and, and ask for the information to make training much more humane, meaning in, in my opinion of what humane is, never choking the dog, mm-hmm. never putting any kind of physical strain on their body that can hurt them, and um you know that's that's safe and easy to use and they're happy with it and it gives them a better body awareness and then the least developed um because i knew i needed not just the harness but i knew i needed something to go with it and i was thinking about you know god i if i not up the leash i need people to be consistent and that's when the the uh, markers for the leash came up, and they're really, really comfortable. And I thought, wow, this would make any person feel secure if yeah. their dog pulls. Right. They just hold the handle. No lines ripping through their hands. They're calm and relaxed. And if they're calm and relaxed when the dog pulls, yes. then the dog's going to be calm and relaxed. Yes, that's a critically important point yeah. because our dogs take cues from us. Exactly. And if we're stressed, and, of course, we're stressed because the dog is, pulling and, you know, we feel out of control and we're trying to, you're desperate to, you know, whatever, um, you know, and so we're caught in that trap, that energetic trap, and then the dog feels our stress. Exactly. And, and they think there's something to be stressed about, but they they actually usually miss the point that they're causing our stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's a really hard pattern to break. It is. And, and, and it's funny because that's where I kind of use all of the tools so the tools that I needed, I knew that I needed for me of when I work with clients, ideally, what do I want to use? Mm-hmm. And that's really how it kind of all developed because I had no, I thought I'd be able to go find it in a store and I had no desire, you know, to get into manufacturing and prototyping and all the different things and all the different changes, you know, a, an initial conception that you have actually goes through to get you to your end product. Yes. And I just, I don't know, I guess it was my calling, you know, to to develop it and put it together because in all the years that I've been training, I've never seen something that works as a combination. I've seen things, you know, this leash or this collar or this thing or that thing, but if you really look at it from the energetics and the science of the energetics, 
if you're in front of the dog and if you have clear boundaries with the dog, which the leash also provides you, and you connect those two things, well, we started seeing, I mean, in minutes. Mm. What it used to take me two and three weeks to teach people to do because they needed to be consistent with their dogs, yeah. Yeah. We, we were finding in under five minutes. We had dogs that were chronic, consistent pullers and people that were actually afraid, you know, now to bring their dogs to the park because of that. In under five minutes, we were changing these dogs' behaviors. And everything I've learned scientifically, and I've talked to some, you know, trainers that have been training for 30, 40 years, no way, if you're going to train a dog's behavior, it's going to take you at least 6 to 12 months for consistency. And I'm going, I don't get it because we're changing Right. We're changing these habits without choking the dog, without any fear. Mm-hmm. Actually, Val, honestly, without any correction. We're not even pulling on the harness. <laughs> We're just literally using the boundary of the leash and the harness together, and all the person does is stop and waits for the dog to correct themselves. Oh, and that's God. when I started to realize this is unbelievable uh-huh. because these dogs are so smart. Uh-huh. And they are extraordinarily energetically sensitive. Yes. And so if you hold the right cue with the right tool, the dog will actually figure it out. And so instead of constantly having to apply the correction, you're you're creating a thinking dog who already knows how to correct themselves because they know what their choices are. Wow. I know. It was so, I was like... This is amazing. It is amazing. It, it is. really is. Yep. Um so I want to go back. You know, sure. I, I can ju- I can feel our listener, some of them, not mm-hmm. all of them. Some of them are leaping for joy, wondering where they can get this. Um, <laughs> um but but you know, um I can feel some of them going, "Well, wait a minute. You know, the the traditional collar has worked." You know, uh, choke chains work, blah blah blah. So let's talk about what what actually happens when we have the older style, the traditional style of training a dog with a collar of some kind, or even a halty. You know, something around their nose. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit a little bit about that. Why is that really a problem, and what makes that method of training dangerous? Okay, well, think about how, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply this to humans because while we can look at what happens with the dogs, mm-hmm. for a lot of us we won't naturally associate, you know, oh, well, wow, you know, okay, the dog would feel it this way. Because a lot of it, and I know like when I grew up, my dog was a dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't yeah. take into any account that he could feel pain, that he could, I, it just, I didn't know. And so the reason why I'll bring it to humans first is, okay, would it make sense for us? Would you do it for yourself or for, for your on your child. child? Would you do that for your child? Exactly. So yeah, let's kind know, of look at like a I typical. Know, I know some parents would be saying, oh, yeah, choke chains and harness and so my child yeah. might be the only answer. I don't know. But they so, some of them right. might. But, might. But here's might. the thing that will happen. You put a choke chain on yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Now imagine you've got cold steel that doesn't bend. Yeah. And somebody just gets really pissed off at you, and with mm-hmm. all their might, mm-hmm. they yes. yank on that chain. Yes. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, would that create more fear? Yes. Or would that create, you know, a peaceful awareness and understanding? Uh, no. It would create a lot of fear, and you now have the trauma of the neck injury. And exactly. It's not just the sensitive skin around the neck, but it's also misaligned bones. Exactly. It's, you know, it's pulled your neck out of way. It's a circulation problem. You exactly. Know, your, your, you know, damaged trachea. Exactly. You know, I, know, I, get, I hear so many of my dog clients come in and my, my dog is having trouble breathing. And I, when mm-hmm. I tune in energetically and feel what's going on, they've been choked. You know, exactly. They have scar tissue. That, that area is narrow, it's hard for them to breathe. And exactly. unfortunately at that point, there's not a lot of options. Exactly. You know, it's so and the thing is that most of us, because we are not of the dog species mm-hmm. and because we see them as something <coughs> different and outside of us, and because we take a trainer, just like in this country, you know, we take a doctor's word over our own, Mm-hmm. If we're taking a trainer's word over our own, oh, the dog's fine, doesn't feel it, this is the way you do it, mm-hmm. and you don't know any better, 
if you, you don't you, know any better. Yeah. yeah, if you don't know any better, you're going to say, okay, well, this is what the trainer told me to do. They said, yeah. Exactly. And there's so much soft tissue, cartilage, veins, blood vessels, tissue, bones, as you said, in that area, that even though, let's say for the last 60 years, you know, that's been a the paradigm of how and what you do with your dog, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's correct. It just means that... We haven't exactly evolved in that area to realizing how much damage you can do. And the the biggest part of it is that most of us will be unaware that, like, one choke could actually pop a vertebrae out in the back of the neck, not necessarily see it, not even have any clue it could be there, and maybe a year or two down the line, now your dog starts developing a back-end problem. Yes. Or they start developing an eye problem, or they start developing a breathing problem. And so the the biggest issue is that because of the society, we don't necessarily connect things. We actually separate them, you know, just like you have a doctor for your ear or your knee or your mm-hmm. eye or your, you know, toenail. Yeah. Instead of what used to be like the general practitioners that would look at the whole system and say, okay, I see where, see where the issue is. No one's done enough research to to not prove that there's actually damage going on. Yeah. You know, so I just looked at it and I saw it as common sense because energetically to me and watching my dog and being tuned in, you know, to my clients' dogs, yeah. I was yeah. like, this just isn't right. There has to be a better way. Yes. You know? And yeah. so, you know, that's that's common sense-wise. And then there's other theories with other, and even of just a flat collar. You know, I've seen dogs, I was in New York City in April, and I saw this pit bull puppy man. He was so determined to go where he was going to go. And even on a flat collar, his person's just dragging behind him, yeah. letting him pull. Yeah. And we don't realize the damage that can be done. Right. Then you have your prong collars, which to to me... I don't. Some dogs will still pull so hard that those prongs will actually puncture their skin. Not every dog. Yeah. But again, it's another thing around the neck that's actually going to cause more fear mm-hmm. than it is understanding and respect. Yeah. And yeah. mostly, when the dogs don't have that on, they'll still pull. Yeah. So it hasn't. Yeah, exactly. it, it's temporarily stopped. It's put a bandaid on it, but right. it hasn't cleared it. Right. No, it didn't clear the underlying issue. Which exactly. Is one, as you mentioned earlier, a boundary and energy and connection to your body and exactly. at peace and feeling secure and at exactly. ease. You know, I have another theory, Alicia. Uh, it's not just a theory. It's what animal, what dogs have actually told me happens. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times the, uh, the dogs that come to me are aggressive, you know, especially when they're out on a walk or they're, they suffer from a lot of anxiety from being on the walk. You know, so they're even hard to take out. Um, and when I talk to them, what they tell me is that when they're out uh, and and they see another person, a stranger or another dog or something going on outside, that all of a sudden they hurt. You know, it's like they connect that, what they're looking at, mm. you know, and the high excitement of, oh, look, look, there's some, you know, whatever, and they get it overstimulated, and then all of a sudden something is biting their neck. And in the dog world, what what bites their neck? Another dog, a fight with another exactly. dog, right? Yeah. So what it does is, is it feels like a neck bite, and it gets connected in their mind with the other person or stranger or, uh, or the, another dog or something like that. <clears throat> and they think that somehow that other person or dog is hurting them. It's like they don't even sometimes get in their excitement that it's their person pulling on their collar, you know, mm-hmm. and it's pinching them or it's pronging and biting into them. And, and you know, it, it's so it all gets wrapped up in, the, in this major anxiety and fear, and it looks like and becomes a very aggressive dog on the leash. And it's, it's actually their person that caused it in the first place by hurting them. Exactly. You know, uh, and, and you know what I mean. I, I absolutely know what you mean, and you know, in that figure, the highest energetic state that you can be in—that's kind of total frenzy. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of excitement, anxiety, 
you know, you, you can't think straight. No. You can't think not, straight at all. Not, so yeah, mm-hmm. and you have something around your neck, so you're not really tuned into your body, but you just see this thing in front of you. Right, you see what's in front of you. Yeah, you're in a hyper frenzied state, which is completely unstable. In, you know, it, it's unstable. It's like you said, it's got a lot of confliction mm-hmm. in there. You know, survival as well, um, and they're being hurt, so, and they can't think and they can't breathe because they're exactly. and hurt. they're picking up the pictures. From their person, right? Who's also in that frenzied state, so they're giving energy to this picture that yeah. their dog's going to fight or bite the other dog, yeah. and then the dog's like, "Okay, if you want me to bite the other dog, okay, yeah, I will." But but yet you're fighting me. My it, neck is hurting. Exactly. So it's a big chaotic mess energetically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. Even though people are saying, "Well, I don't want this to happen," and I don't want it, it's like, "Really? Well, what's your picture?" Yeah. Well, I'm scared. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, the tools that you're using aren't working for you so well. Yeah. Where you're able to see a different reality. Yes. And so, you know, the other uh, one of the other apparatuses that people use is the nose halter. Yeah, the hot seat. Uh, yeah. Well, I put that on Barney, and thank God, you know, as a body worker, I could see changes subtly before it became a big problem. But Barney landed up going to the chiropractor and had three vertebrae out in his neck. Mm. And I thought, okay, we're not doing this one either, because that as well, while it will work for certain dogs, again, now you're focusing the dogs. Um, attention to such a narrow point, mm-hmm. but you're not taking into account the whole dog and letting it be calm and relaxed as it's moving into this situation and giving it its head and giving it the proper tools so that it stays calm and relaxed. Yeah. So that's that's another tool, um, you know, that I had used, and I thought I just don't think that this is in the best interest of the dogs, yeah. not because they don't work. But because should it cause any kind of imbalance in the neck, most people are just not going to be aware of the subtleties enough to realize that their dog's neck is out of balance, and that's going to cause other problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, that that was my experience with that particular device, and I thought, no, there still has to be a better way, you know, because dogs in the wild the only time they would control each other by the nose mm-hmm. is if the if there's, you know, usually a puppy involved, mm-hmm. and mom will go and she will grab his snout once, so she just says, don't you ever do that again. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing, too, that I really kind of noticed in watching and observing the dogs, how they train each other, they're extraordinarily clear. And when they go to correct each other, they're extraordinarily powerful. Yes. And they don't care, you know, what, what the other one says, because in a dog world, it's about survival, mm-hmm. okay? And they'll do it generally once, mm-hmm. and that's all it really takes to get a puppy to understand, don't you cross this boundary. Right. The issue with humans is that we want to be kind and loving, and, and it's wonderful, but it's also not extraordinarily clear with boundaries. And so a problem that could have been resolved by one thing said the correct way drags on and on and on, and then there becomes a frustration and a trying to gain power and a losing power and blah, 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 and it turns into a scenario where you're actually fighting against each other. Yes. Yeah. So what I did with these tools was I made it so simple to have the dog feel confident and connected to their body and have the human feel confident and connected to their ability to work with and hold a clear boundary with the dog, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I think that the reason why we get these results so fast is because we're not just using tools that try to change the dog. Mm -hmm. We're actually utilizing tools that I have literally watched, Val, as the energy of the human instantaneously changes. Because you can see them go from not confident and worried mm-hmm. to all of a sudden they, like, lift themselves up. And they don't even realize they're doing it. <laughs> but it just happens because the light bulb goes off and they go, oh, my God, I got my dog. 
Okay, maybe I'm back in charge. <laughs> We're in control. I don't. Have and it's—I mean, I've had to laugh. I was like, I've had people say to me, "You know what? I've been in therapy for 15 years, <laughs> and that was just the actualization of my 15 years in therapy." Wow. And I just—it was like, God, <laughs> this is not what I intended, and it's so beautiful yeah. because you take people from a place of total frustration and feeling powerless the way we've been conditioned to feel powerless yeah and then you know that conditioning also tries to make us compensate kind of like violently or like overcompensate yeah and it is so beautiful to watch people almost get entrained to the natural vibration and frequency of the dogs so that they understand leadership, not from that human, because remember, I mean, dogs aren't out there bombing the world and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to kill each other and trying to take over other territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah. whole perception of dominance, you know, it is a bit misunderstood. But what these dogs are showing and helping these people do is actually come into their authentic power and I tell you, Val, I can't tell you how many times we've done these five-minute makeovers, mm-hmm. and I swear tears come to my eyes every single time because not because the system worked, you know, as a system for training the dog, but to see the shift and the energy connection that opens up as a result of having these people and these dogs utilize the tools just brings tears to my eyes because it, it changes everything, changes their world. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that another dog is not going to get choked. And that another human, actually, they got it. They got the gift of dog. The gift of dog. Oh, you know, and remember, dog is God spelled backwards. It's the only word in human <laughs> language that is. So it's just, you know, it's like, God, they're here to, you know, they, they've put me on a quest. Yeah. Because of their loyalty and their love and their compassion and and their friendship. Mm-hmm. They've been such incredible teachers to me that to to continue exploring and evolving whatever my path is, you know, and to, yeah. and to bring it into this where we've got something that's going to raise the bar on training tools mm-hmm. and make not only dog training more humane, but help people become more humane. In, in in three easy steps, it's like, wow. oh, my God, this is so cool. How did I get so lucky, you know? Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, I'm so excited. Me too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank oh. you so much, you know, for being open and willing to share this because, I mean, a lot of people, and I'm sure you get this with communication work, you know, you have your people that go, oh, well, you're anthropomorphizing these animals. And it's like, really? Really? Maybe you're just not seeing them. Mhm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And yep. um it's it's just, you know, they've they've animals have always been in my life and every single one has evolved to me enormously. And um it's just honestly, I mean, when you talk labor of love, mm-hmm. this is absolutely and truly for me a labor of love. I can you know, that. yeah, I can yeah. That, Alicia, thank you so much for yeah. following your guidance and for asking. You know, so 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 many of us, you know, we get trapped, and this is how it's always done. Mm-hmm. You know, we never even question it. Yeah, and we should. We need to question things that don't work. Well, like in the Matrix, uh, Trinity <laughs> says to Neo, "What if the answer was the question?" Good. And I know when I was a kid, I used to get in a lot of trouble. Why? 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 Why does it work this way? Why does it? And I would exasperate people because I wanted to know the root of their understanding of why they were doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's a huge trap that we fall into that, you know, it's almost when you have a spiritual teacher, the teacher's deepest desire Mm-hmm. even though they might not say it on the outside, is that the student become better than the teacher. Mm. And in our society, teachers get afraid and they get threatened mm-hmm. because here they are teaching these young minds, 
But they're also conditioning these young minds to follow what they've been taught because yeah. that's the way you do it in an established society. Mm-hmm. But I laugh because I look at it and I say, you know, well, they say that we use basically 10% of our brain. Yeah. And isn't it funny that in school we basically get taught maybe 10% of the truth? Yeah. And everything we do, it's really not about the next generation becoming better in the way that that natural evolvement takes place. We want to condition them to be better, more technologically advanced, all these things, but follow our same paradigm when you do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know if the creator created the world in that way. I don't know. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I just keep seeing that questions, question literally is the answer. Because as soon as you come to a conclusion, you've cut off all possibilities. True. So if you keep asking the question, what else is possible, and how can it get any better than this, then the universe says, wow, you, you really want to know more. You know, you want to you wanna have more. You want to experience more. Okay, here you go. And I think our fear gets us in so much trouble. You know, and that's why I think so many of these dogs land up getting aggressive because the people are in fear yeah. The dog knows one of two things. Yeah. You're in charge or I'm in charge. Right. That's the leadership way. Yeah. So if you're afraid, then I have to be in charge. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I watch and I see how many dogs that come to me that are aggressive. And when I sit there and I keep looking at them and I keep looking at them and I keep staring in their eyes and I keep connecting with the soul that's in there, mm-hmm. they're actually not aggressive. They're actually afraid. They are. Because they've been put into a position to have to protect someone from their own fears because the other person isn't realizing, you know, how this dynamic works. And they're choosing their leadership based on fear rather than based on confidence. Yes. And one of the things that I've seen, and that's the thing that I think brings the tears to my eyes, of watching someone who was in fear work with their dog, work with these tools, and get into a place of confidence and love and expansion. And witnessing that is is truly the thing that brings tears to my eyes of just going, I, I don't even have words for this. Like this, this is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I know that once they physiologically experience this, They've been changed forever. Yeah. And and to watch them then consistently experience this shift and then that they bring that into their lives. I can't tell you how many of my clients have experienced that shift and then they turn and look at me and go, so will this work with my kids? (laughs) (laughs) Will this work with my spouse? Will this work Uh with my boss? And I'm Uh like, well, here's the thing. (laughs) You're probably not going to put the harness on them, although you'd like to. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But... If you can take those skills of natural leadership and confidence that you've just experienced with your dog, and it doesn't have to be an overcompensation on any level, it can be really natural of just holding a clear boundary of what's acceptable and what's not, and you don't have to get emotional about it, and you don't have to go into fear, it will change every area of your life. Because yes. your dog is actually walking that spiritual path with you to help you embrace that and embody that. And now you just did it. So if you just did it here, you can do it anywhere. And you didn't even have to think about it. So don't think about it. Just take what you learned right here and bring it into every area of your life. Uh-huh. And that's the, um, you know, the... Didn't even realize I would be doing it, but I'm creating a walk and sync program. It's going to be a seven series teleclass. Okay. Where we go over the, you know, the six secret steps that I use with every single client that brings them into a place of being able to embody and they're harnessing their own energy mm-hmm. to literally unleash their own potential just through working with their dog. Wow. Yeah. You know, awesome. yeah. So, so you're doing a seven series teleclass. Putting it together now. We're going to okay. launch it in 2012. Okay. And it's going to, um, it's a walk and it's the walk and sync program. Okay. 
And it really is dealing with, you know, so many times clients come to me and it's like, oh, the dog is this, the dog is doing that, the dog is this. Mm-hmm. You know, and just from having worked as a fitness trainer for years and understanding people and their psychology and then working with dogs for years and seeing where they're at, it is always so fascinating to me because I will leave a session and my clients just look at me and go, how did you know all that stuff about me? from working with my dog. Mm. And I say, I didn't know it, Mm -hmm. but it showed itself. And you were transferring this to your dog. So we really needed to get clear about what's your stuff and would you clean it up right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you've seen the evidence in one hour of working with your own dog. But being completely honest and being willing to take responsibility and accountability for what your part of it is, Mm-hmm. Right. Your entire relationship just changed because you can feel when people's energy fields are closed and they're in fear and they're putting it on the dog and it has nothing to do with me but it's all the dog. Right. And then you can feel that expansion when they actually look at themselves and go, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Like, well, I guess that's why God gave us dogs, because they're like silent therapists, (laughs) you know. They're not going to sit there, they're not going to judge you, and they're not going to make you feel bad, but they will show you the truth of you if you let them. Yes. You know, and... um, They do, they tell us the truth of us. It's amazing. We know how to listen if we're paying attention. Yep. You know, they mirror us, they reflect our weaknesses and imbalances. Yeah. You know, and that's their that's a huge part of their gift to us. Yeah. And it's our willingness to be vulnerable. I mean, yeah. every animal I've ever met is amazing in mirroring back. Mm-hmm. And every child I've ever met. Hmm. You know? And that's probably why I love kids and animals so much because they always tell the truth. Yes. We've become so tactful and politically correct and this and that that we're not calling each other on our BS. Yeah. And if we just did <laughs> It would change our world by leaps and bounds. But I think it starts with us first. It does. You know, I mean, it starts with us being willing to be vulnerable enough and, you know, being willing to look at your dog and say, well, my dog's doing this and and then they're doing that and they're not doing this and say, hmm, if I looked at myself, what could I see in me that I'm actually seeing in my dog? You know, because if you're willing to be vulnerable enough like that and you're not afraid to see what it is and to say, oh, wow, I am so sorry, I didn't know. I'm going to do something different now. See it now. Yeah, you have Einstein, and Einstein did say, you know, insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. That's right. You know? And so if we're vulnerable enough and we can bypass our egos enough, to recognize that it's okay to see these things. I mean, I, I'm i just the kind of person, I'm like diving in. I'm like, show me what I don't know. You know, show me where I'm off base. Show me, like, just keep showing me. Not so I can feel like a bad person. Wow. But so that I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can acknowledge it. I don't have to hide it or suppress it or make it come out in weird, strange ways at different times wow. with people that it's not even appropriate to come out with. Yeah. And it gives me an opportunity to acknowledge it and choose something different. But if I keep suppressing it, if I keep making it, ah, it's somebody else. Oh, it's the dog. Oh, it's my kid. Oh, it's my husband. Oh, it's my wife. Oh, it's my boss. It's like, no, probably somewhere in there, there's something that you're doing that, or you're holding on to that you don't want to acknowledge. But if you did, it could change everything so fast. Mm. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, You know, and that's, that's, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to put anything on this system because you can always say, well, you're the inventor of it and that's why you see it. But just literally stepping back, detaching from the whole thing, that's the beauty of what I see when I watch people utilize this system. Mm -hmm. They're willing to be vulnerable and they're willing to come into their true power in a vulnerable way so they don't have to overcompensate for anything. And I watch them and their dogs leave me in such an expanded, loving state because they're like, oh, oh, I got it. I can take my dog to the park now. I can let go of what I was thinking. I can let go of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 
it's like everything is different. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. I mean, it's, like I said, it's not anything I would have thought of. I just wanted to create something that would never harm a dog again. Thank you. Yeah. So You're welcome. So you have a special report called Walk and Sync, Eight Secrets to Unleashing Your Dog's Greatest Potential and Your Own. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people get that report? You can go on to the Dog Walk and Sync. Um, we have a newsletter, and it's up at the top right-hand corner. Okay. And sign up for a newsletter. And I've actually, I didn't tell you this, Val, but I'm adding a second surprise to that. Ooh, okay. Um, so we've got the eight secrets to walking in sync with your dog. Okay. And then I've got five tips that will change 90% of your dog's health issues that you can do right in your kitchen. Oh, cool. Yep. Okay. And within one week of trying any one of these things, you will absolutely see a difference in your dog's health. Cool. Okay? okay, so when you sign up for the newsletter, both of those reports are going to be sent to your email. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, and so I'm sure that people, uh, our dog lovers here, are wanting to know how can they get started. Uh, and, and I think, did you have something special for our listeners for the Dr. Doolittle show? I do have something special for your listeners. We're going to, there's going to be a link on Val's site to Dog Walk and Sync. And if you, when you click on her link, you're going to get a 10% discount off of your first purchase. Cool. Yep. So go to Val's link, um, go to Val's page, go to the Walk and Sync link on Val's page. Okay. And when you purchase your system, you're going to get a discount code for 10% discount on your first purchase. That is so fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, you're so that. welcome. I love it. I well, love it. I know how much your listeners love you, and I know how much your listeners love their animals and are just looking for, you know, any way that is another avenue yes. of opening up an even deeper connection with their animals. Yes. You know, so um, I'm so grateful to you for what you're doing and for what you're sharing with people um, because it's, you know, your job is, hey, I know we have this veil up that we think they're different than us. We can't think we can't communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And I know what changed in my life yeah. as a result of sort of taking that veil off and recognizing, whoa, there's a totally conscious being in here that I know I've been conditioned and I've been told that they're less than us, that they can't talk and all those kinds of um Rhetoric. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, the gift that I know that it was for me to open up that channel again, that, that is just part of all of us. I mean, yeah. we all have it. Yep. Creator yeah. created us not in separation, right. created us in unity so we would all be able to help each other survive and live and yeah. thrive. Yes. And um, I just, you know, I know what a gift um, that is. And, and that you're sharing that with people and that you are out there so boldly in all of your glory and all of your radiance, you know, <laughs> sharing this. It, it's just, it's, it, uh, it just opens my heart so huge because I know that when I started probably about 15 years ago, I mean, people looked at you like you were crazy. Yeah. You know, and now with all these amazing <laughs> programs that you have and making it so easy and so digestible for people, it's, it's phenomenal. So thank you. All a labor of love, as yes, you know. I do. Okay, my dear. So let's um, let's wind it up here. So again, everybody, uh, dogwalkinsync.com. Uh, go pick up your newsletter, and um, I'll be setting up. I will have a web page to send you guys to. Um, it'll be on my website, valhart.com, under products. Um, I think that'll be good, and it'll also be on our blog, so you'll be hearing more about it as well. Um, And also, too, we love to – I started doing these five-minute makeovers, Mm -hmm. and I only felt confident enough with it after a little while because I started realizing, okay, these dogs are changing so fast. Like, I I can't believe it. (laughs) So I think we need to document this. 
so we love to hear, you know, your feedback. We'd love to hear your experience about it. And we also love to receive videos. If you want to do befores and afters, we absolutely love to see that. And we will post it on our site. Um, Yeah, because really my main goal was, look, I can only train probably a certain amount of people a year. But if I give people the tools and if I give them the videos, how many dogs can change, you know, in a year? It's it's just astoundingly exciting. So how to make it it so simple. Yeah. So in three steps, you will be able to make a lot of changes um, with your dog in very gentle, loving humane ways. I'm so excited, Alicia. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let's leave it here, and um, we'll catch up again. I want to find out more. Uh, you know, let us know when your teleseminar starts and and uh, your humane training programs and all that. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks so much, Val. Okay. Ditto. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Thank you.